Hey, this is Tom Sonny Green from Alt-J, and I am Ben's guest this week on Big Fat Five. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. This week's guest is Tom from the band Alt-J. He's one of the most creative drummers out there today, and the band as a whole are just legends. It was truly an honor talking to him, and if you don't know Alt-J, they're a blend of folk, indie, electronica, and rock, and they're really their own genre. So thank you, Tom, for taking the time, and I hope you enjoy the five records that help shape Tom into the drummer he is today. He truly is a singular player, and it's conversations like this that made me want to switch to this format. So, cheers. talk about your your approach to the sounds of your drums which is a huge part of your your ability to be recognized yeah uh i mean i come from in terms of sound like sonically well first off our producer uh, we've worked with for all of our albums charlie andrew uh he's a drummer himself he's a very good drummer um and so it helps that there's basically two there's two drummers working together and that helps a lot. And he's, he's very experimental in his recording and um, he likes to push things and try anything out. So when it comes to recording, we try a lot of uh, unorthodox techniques and, and experimentations with microphones and also uh, the engine, our engineer, Matt, he engineered this album. He's an incredible engineer and, and creative person. Like he came out with some, some really interesting stuff for recording and, and, and also like, in terms of what I'm hitting, like I'm not just hitting drums, you know, like again, like there's all kinds of things which to add to that kind of, cause there's, you know, you got the frequency range and you want to kind of like not fill it up, but like you want to kind of think about like, well, cause I, I don't use symbols. So, you know, there's a whole like range there that is empty mm-hmm. for me. And I don't want to just fill it up with symbols. You know, I think symbols work for a lot of people, but for us, I think it, I make use of the, the the minimal kind of sound that we have by using different forms of percussion. Where it might be a biscuit tin, you know, it might be a drum case or a cardboard box or a wall. Um, but I also use I do use samples. So I produce music in Ableton. Like when we're recording, um, I'm putting everything into Ableton so that we're we're kind of making demos. Uh, and it's a really great way to write because you can see everything, which helps. Mm. I think it helps helps Joe quite a bit. I, he's very visual, and and so you can see the track, and you're able to kind of go in and be like, well, we need to take that out, move that, whatever it is. And it's just a nice way to kind of illustrate what we're recording. And then I can also then put in whatever I like, so samples or recordings that I'm making in the studio. Very when I'm recording, it's very DIY. 
but I quite like that. I think it's nice that like I can do that. And then when we're recording fully with, with Charlie, we've got what we need like professionally. Like, you know, it's, I wouldn't be able to record an album myself. It would sound horrendous. Um, so we need to have, it's nice to have both though, because sometimes my recordings have got a lot of character because I don't know what I'm doing. That combination of like the DIY lo-fi with the very high professional kind of stuff from Charlie's that mix. And I mean, there's no like, there's no kind of like complete approach. Like it, it, it does vary a lot. It, it really depends on the tracks sometimes, you know, sometimes it's more traditional and, um, I'm using less and I need to do less. Uh, but sometimes I'm using the drums and percussion as, as a hook, maybe like, you know, um, and I'm aware that, that, that the sound, the drum sound definitely is a key element. Like I think the three of us have always understood that there's a balance. It's not, it's not, there's no hierarchy in terms of what we're doing. Like, you know, when we're playing live, I play right at the front with Joe and Gus. Mm -hmm. I think visually it's a good thing that people can kind of, we noticed early on that I think people like to watch me play or they like to watch drummers play. So that's why I'm at the front. It's it's a nice thing to look at and it, it kind of adds an element to the live show. So sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I watched an interview of you talking about creating the song Philadelphia um, from the new record, the dream and how you weren't happy with a lot of your initial ideas. So when you're writing drum parts, what, what is the criteria you have for, for judging them? That's a good question. Um, well, I think I can feel it on, honestly, it's, it's a, it's a, di- it's a very kind of instinctual thing. Like, I, I've grown up feeling very, I'm a very rhythmic person and, and I'm very, the way that I exist day to day is within um, within a rhythm of some kind, and, and psychologically, I like rhythm. I like order a lot. Like I, I really love to things I do in my spare time, n- not related to music. I like a lot of like problem solving, like whatever that is. So like I, I like at the moment I've gotten really into like computing and, and making like my own little computers and programming and that kind of thing. And it's, I love it. I get so much satisfaction from following instructions through to the end and succeeding. And the, the harder it is, the better, because it, it might take me weeks or months to get a simple thing done, but I've, I've done it. I think it's, it, it's, it's part of the, you know, the rhythm and the drums and the music is the same thing. It's the same feels like it's the same part of my brain. And so, yeah, I like, I can't remember what the original question was now, sorry. Well, it's just like, how do you judge your parts? You know, like, are you, are you aware of like, it's not doing this for me and I have this kind of checklist of what it needs to be for the song? Yeah, okay, so yeah, there's the, there's the initial feeling. Like I can feel if it's if it's standard and if it's um, an average. I mean, sometimes it's, it needs to be average. Like, you know, like I'm aware that a lot of the time I try to remind myself that a lot of my job is to to be the, the subconscious kind of foundation for things. And I'm not, the you know, it's not the lead a lot of the time and I need to just do what I need to do. But I, I can still feel when when it's lacking something. and then And then I kind of think, well, a lot of the time I think who are my favorite people, who, who are my favorite drummers, like what are some of, some of my favorite beats? Like, how do you think they approached what they did then? Like, mm-hmm. instead of like, just tr- just trying to think outside the box in the moment, like in the studio, just trying my best to kind of 
be be free and 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 not put any restrictions restrictions on myself physically it's a hard thing to do sometimes like i think playing for a little bit i get into the mode and then i can kind of like improvise and experiment um it's, it's a balance of doing that like playing a lot and entertaining myself but also not going completely off the wall in it and it being a, just a just chaos there is there needs to it needs to make sense within the the language of the track like each voice needs to be able to talk to each other in, you know and synchronize and it's um it can be it's it can be frustrating sometimes when i'm not feeling it and that's what i mean that's what was happening on philadelphia it's happened various various times in our career like where the track has just been like this is just lacking and philadelphia in particular it was it just felt very standard and and i knew that, that there was more potential to it and i just had to sit with it and and i approached it through ableton so i i, I kind of removed all of the drums and then started messing with samples and a lot of the, a lot of the time then you can think well oh, that's the there's the rhythm there that i didn't think of um and then i play it live or i keep an element of the electronic under it or whatever so yeah i feel i feel or you know and sometimes i can see in my mind how a track looks too and and, and it i like to kind of help it along in, in a certain direction and it becomes clearer in my mind like the kind of shape of it and yeah one of my favorite series to watch when I'm kind of just uh, want to feel creative but don't want to do anything specific uh, myself is is to watch the series Against the Clock. And you actually did a an edition of that, um, which if people don't know, it's basically you get 10 minutes and it's just a fly on the wall of someone being creative. How was that experience for you? Was that nerve wracking? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was it was very nerve wracking. I, I, I That was a few years ago as well. And I was quite... Um, I was very like keen to impress and like really kind of eager to like, I still, I still produce music now, but I, I, at that period, I was like, I really wanted to, to pursue it and be like one of those guys, you know, and like I used to DJ a lot and like, I wanted to like really pursue that. And, and fact, I think it's fact magazine, um, huge fan of, I still am. Like, mm -hmm. I think I, I was really in what everything, everything they were doing. I really, I followed a lot of their artists. And so it was a big deal. And they came over to my flat. I think it was in the summer and it was, I was so hot and, and I just sweating and <laughs> it's so much harder when the cameras are, are, are on you. And I can't even it, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And the creat creativity comes, you can't, you can't just like force it. So, you know, it, it, for me, often when I'm working on electronic stuff on my laptop, whatever, it's after an hour or so when I start to like be like, oh, this is this is going somewhere. This is good. It takes me, a, I have to warm up. And so going yeah. in cold, it was, yeah, it was, it was challenging. It was very challenging. And I think I look back on it and think I would do things differently, which is pointless because it I can't change it. And I'm I'm proud of it. Um but it was fun. I do like I, do, I like a challenge too. Like it's nice to sometimes have like uh parameters you know alt j like we in our writing like we we like to have restraints sometimes and parameters and 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 take things away so that you're 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 kind of made to like really work at something as, a, as opposed to making things just easier it was fun well you should be proud of it um i thought the end result was rad it was really unique it was very tom and uh 
I think the reason why I watch it is is less. It's almost never about what they create. It's it's more of like I just want to see their workflow, which I think is what people take from it mostly. Um, yeah, because they don't have a lot of like drummer producers on there, and so it was fun to see like well, how would he approach just writing from scratch? And oh, I do something similar than that, or oh, that's something I don't do. And um, right. it was it was really fun to watch. So, well, that's cool. I, I kind of agree. I said like I lo- I like a lot of like. I like a lot of stand-up comedy or like comedy in general. And like, I really like hearing comedians talking about comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it's a similar thing where the end, like there are comedians who I don't, I, their stand-up, I, I don't think is good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay to see them, but I, I could listen to them talking in podcasts all day, like about their craft. And, and I really like, I, I really like doing that. So yeah, I, I kind of see where you're coming from with that. Hey y'all, I wanted to, (laughs) I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye all right, well, let's just get into your top five. So the album, number one, is Around the Fur. The release year is 1997. The artist is Deftones. The song choice is My Own Summer with uh, the Phil heard around the world. And the drummer is Abe Cunningham. Yeah, so uh, why'd this guy make the list? Oh, wow, it's so good. I, I, I mean, it was the first beat that I heard or was actually shown to me that I was like, 
oh wow, that's this character in that, and there's the you can hear that you can hear the person behind it, the artistry in it, and it's so simple. Well, there's beauty in the simplicity, mm. and I strive for that all the time. Like with with whatever I do, like I uh, I love painting and painters and the same thing like i really love like direct messages that are kind of palpable and 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 this beat for me does that it was shown to me by a friend of mine a, a guy called christian scott who's a drummer he's a couple of years older than me and we went to the same high school together and we made friends because we 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 used to go to church together um i stopped going to church years ago but we we were there it <laughs> um and because, you know, our parents went and we made friends there and we kind of met up a few times when I was a teenager to talk about drums. And he had a drum kit and his bedroom should, it should be in a museum now. It was insane. Like he had the most incredible drum kit and floor to ceiling and the ceiling was covered in posters of bands and, and band memorabilia. And And he was like 14 at the time. Um, just the coolest person I've ever met and <laughs> an incredible drummer. And he modified his drums so that they were like dead and like really kind of just close and tight so they wouldn't disturb the neighbors. Um, and he showed me this beat on a mixtape that he made me and he taught me how to play it. It's very easy to do now, but that off beat, the kick on the off, mm-hmm. that, that was the first thing that I learned that, was like do things a little bit differently like don't do it on where you expect it do it do it later and that was the first influence and i and i played it and played it and played it but i mean the whole track too i mean that racked on snare intro mm. the simplicity in that and the way it's recorded the, the the reverb on it the snare drum every time it hits it it, it ha- there's a slightly different sound to it. Like the, the reverb kit just resonates slightly different and it cuts all the way through. And I've always loved that about those drums, every album, the drums just sing through everything. And so, yeah. And the, the, the fills as well. I, I, I know the beat like by memory, like I could run through it in, in my mind, the whole track, each fill is just, just, it just, it says so much to me and, and, and I think at the time when I was when I was a kid, it just just really s- sat well with me, and and um, and it encouraged me to to do all kinds of things. But it just the main point was that simple, effective, just it has so much authority and there's so much confidence in it mm. because it's not it's not all over the place. You know, it just I think he's one of the best drummers. F- you know, ever in my opinion, because of his simplicity and his um, his grooves too. But I love the Deftones. Like growing up, it was such an influence on me. Like all their albums, you know, loads. There's loads of really iconic beats on that album. Another track I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like it's just it comes in with like I think it's three or four kick drums. It's just so heavy. Um, I learned how to play that too. few years ago i interviewed him for a magazine this magazine reached out to me and asked if you could interview any drummer who would it be and i said abe cunningham and they set it up because they played they were playing in london wow and uh yeah i met him and interviewed him and he was such a sweet guy like really really nice 
very accommodating, like hospitable. Like I was really nervous and I'd, I'd had questions written. Yeah. I had questions written that I didn't ask. Like I just forgot them all. And, and we ended up just having a conversation. Um, it was very surreal for me. Like it was, you know, like having such an influence, you know, being a teenager, things, things that you love, you really, really love. And like, you know, things that really kind of give you a lot of comfort just last and and so he had a huge impact on me and, and so meeting him uh i was very very humbled and in seeing him play i was i was behind him on stage he hits unbelievably hard like, yeah smashes the shit out of the drums almost like how do you, like like he couldn't hit any harder but it's but it, the power and the groove that he has like he sits back on it it just, I, I, I love that so much. I try to be like him as much as I can. I really respect that kind of sitting back as much as possible, letting it breathe and just really like having control over the audience, like with your mm. rhythm. It's a real skill. And yeah, he's amazing. Well, speaking of snare drums, can you talk a little bit about your snare choice? Yeah. Yeah. I use a 10, I think it's 10 inch, uh, by five and a half, I think. Um, Atama, I don't know the model. I'm like I'm I'm like the least uh, drummer's drummer. Like I don't know the names of anything. Um, I'm with you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some guys like I, I respect it. They know the ins and outs. I don't. I don't really know. But but I I, I got this snare drum. I've had variations of it since. But I got it when I was uh, I think about seventeen. I went to a drum store in Leeds. Uh, my favorite drum store. I used to, when I had enough money, I'd go and get get the train to this drum store. It's called Shearer's in Leeds, just to buy sticks. Um, and I'd saved enough money for a uh, a splash cymbal. Mm. Um, and I got there, and they had this snare drum on sale. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the snare drum instead." <laughs> that's a good uh, choice yeah and it just i remember it's just so tight it just it was so tight and it just cut through everything and i took it home and i was in the band at that time and and we i you know set it up for band practice and i remember just like our guitarist tom playing something and like I can't, I waited and then I just came in and everyone just kind of started laughing because it was just so, <laughs> it was so comically like, it just think it was good. It was so good. It just like made so much sense. It was like, this is so tight. It just cracked through everything. And since then, that's all I've used. Like, uh, and now I, I forget that it's quite a novelty. And, um, but live now, like, I want to make sure that people can hear it. And like, I, it's a real distinct thing for me and like i make sure that i regularly like listen to um it's during sound checks i'll like listen to the playback in the front of house and just because i want to hear it and mm -hmm. you know i like to have it tuned quite high yeah it's part of part of my sound part of the band's sound i think yeah i wouldn't change it i mean when you when you just close your eyes and play a, a drum that's that small and tune that tight it is so fun to play Cause you can yeah. just barely tap it and it gives it right back to you. Yeah. I love it. I have, I have a little 13 that I tune up and even just that one inch difference is like, Oh my God, I'm way better today. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I use ghost notes a lot. And actually the more I play, the more I like using ghost notes. And 
it's great for that because it really picks up every, everything. It's ideal for what we do because a lot of it is reserved and kind of quiet and a little bit like kind of well, some of it's quite folky and, and but you can you can just hear everything. Super sensitive. Yeah, I actually do in the in the recording process. I do use various snare drums, but yeah, I mean, speaking yeah. of Philadelphia, that song is a little more of a of a deeper tone too. So it's yeah, it's not the only one you use, but all right. So I was really excited about this one, number two. The album is, and this record was huge for me as well. Uh, the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, released yeah. years two thousand. The artist is Blink one eighty two. Song choice is Aliens Exist. Another great intro on the drums, and yeah. the drummer is of course Travis Barker. So. Let's just go ahead and play a little bit of that song as well, and then we can then we can talk about it. god that brings you back i'm so happy yeah. now so good so nostalgic oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean i mean it's just so fast and and skillful and and creative i mean the, the speed on it and the the what's the word the, vit the vitality like it just i think at that time i can't remember how old i was maybe 15 um that whole album I listened to just relentlessly. Like I thought it was very funny as well. Like Mark and Tom are very, very funny on stage. And, and the fact you don't hear Travis speak once either. Mm. I think the the fact that it's before like, you know, everyone had before internet and phones before, before cell phones or well before smartphones. And so you didn't have access to endless information. So I didn't even know what he really looked like or like what he was like as a person. And so listening to that, I just, that's all I had. And, and, you know, you, you kind of dream up all, all of that other stuff and you think, I wonder what he does look like. I wonder what he's like. Like, I wonder how he came up with those beats. Like, I love the fact he hasn't said a word, like it's very mysterious, but he's just so skillful and, and he's just working really, really hard, like throughout that whole album to, to really like, I love how kind of he's showing off a lot as well. And, yeah, I mean, the, the speed in the fills, like I tried to emulate that, like when I was growing up, tried to learn how that was done. Still don't quite know how, like I, I learned by just rolling the rolling the the sticks on the on the drum, like I don't know what you call it, but just having it bounce and, and, and learning how to control that. Um, I don't know if that's what he did, but um, I, so that, that's what it taught me. And I kind of implemented that into my own playing in the bands that I was in at the time and and yeah, I'm very grateful for the, for I, I learned a lot of speed, I think, from him and stick control. Yeah. I mean, he's a machine. Like I think when I did get get into like YouTube a little bit later, 
they they actually recorded um they they they, they made an album and they streamed a lot of it via a webcam during the process and they would upload video blogs now and again of the process and travis had this um like practice area set up and he would just do rudiments and just un- unbelievably tight rudiments like very very skillful i think he used to be in a marching band um, yeah i think so too yeah it makes sense and I just, I was just obsessed. I, I was obsessed with um, Blink-182. Like at that time, my girlfriend was really into Blink-182 and it was just like, I was just, it was so into it. And the fact that we were like really American to me as well, which like- mm. Just Southern you know, California, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I've always been a little bit obsessed with that. Like California, kind of that accent, like the sun, like, you know, in my mind, like there was, I mean, they wore like backward baseball caps and like, you know, all, all of that stuff. And it was super funny. And I just really wanted to be like him at that time. And his drum kits were like something else, like I think Orange County, like, um, I didn't quite know what Orange County was and, and, but his like trans, he had a transparent orange kit at one point. I was, yeah, I was just into all of it. And, uh, I mean, you can hear on that, like, I don't know if I could play like that now. Like if 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 I tried like that speed, it, 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 the precision, and again the sound of the drums, like a snare drum sounds, it sounds it it it's very it just cracks it cracks right through. I love it, and his tom fills like I love how he he had everything flat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything was flat. All the symbols, everything. I love that aesthetic of him. Just and he had the baseball cap to the side that was like flat too, and he was just a machine. And I just was. I loved all of that, and that influenced. That's how I set my drums up. Now they're still like as flat as possible. Yeah, sit right above them. Yeah, good, good shit. Yeah, dude. I part of his mystique back in the day because now he's you know married to a, to a Kardashian, and now mm-hmm. he's very much you know what he sounds like, who he is in a lot of ways. But yeah, part of his mystique during that era was Mark and Tom. And then Travis was the guy that talked with his drums, but it was a very quiet dude. And yeah. it just, it worked so well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And he kind of came in, he came in after they'd like done some stuff, like they were a band to begin with. And they, he kind of like replaced someone. I think at the time, like, the story was that this guy like went back to college or something, the original drummer or like, and it was just like, you know, this other guy just kind of like helped out and like ended up becoming like one of the best drummers of all time. Like, and he was just such a sweet guy and like his story growing up and like just very, yeah, I admire him. I still admire him a lot. I think he's still, he's still obviously a legend. Um, Mm, Absolutely. But the mystique, I, I, I like, I gravitate towards that quite a bit. I noticed like in, in various, I, I love like artists that have a lot of mystique and like, I mean, Aphex Twin, like we can get into it later, but the, the, the king of like, n- nobody, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Before we go on to number three, I was going to say about this record for me, at least, um, if I, if I could, um, this, this album taught me how a song live can have a totally different life to it. Cause obviously he's saying, he's still saying in the parameters of the song, but he's adding, little 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 easter eggs throughout the songs you're like oh my god he didn't do that in the record but now it's like i want to listen to this version of the song for that thing he does um yeah and it's just an ever ever evolving thing it's not just here's the song let's go play it live 
So yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's his own person. Like, he's his own artist. Like, I respect that a lot. Like you know, it's I, I try to do that myself without going too too off the wall because I don't want to put people off. Like into my bandmates, but um, I I have to do that. It's just it's just part of the part of what I do. Like, and I, it's my favorite thing is to improvise when I get the opportunity to. There's, a, there's at the end of one of our tracks, Fitz Pleasure. At the moment, I improvise the the very ending. I I go to like half time and like really, really, really slow it down. And I'm like trying to slow it down as much as possible and, and just like go really go full into like sludgy kind of like just metal, like kind of breakdown. And it works really well. It's fun. That's the stand up comedian in you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I like, I'm put, right in that moment. I'm like, I'm performing and I'm, I'm looking out at the audience and I'm like, yes, like, I did it. Yeah. All right, number three, the album is In Rainbows. The release year is 2007. The artist is Radiohead. The song choice is Reckoner. And the drummer is Philip Selway. very powerful song very yeah hugely influential on me i think the first time i heard that i think it was radio one and i wasn't really paying attention as i used to listen to the radio on the way to university on the bus um and they played that and i kind of the first time i heard it i thought that's really nice i want to listen to that properly so i bought the album and i was laying in bed and then this track came on and like you said, the stereo, the mixing, like the reverb is, I hadn't heard anything like it before. Um, the way that like, there's a, there's a section in the song where Tom York's vocal moves to the back of your head. And it, I still have never heard anything like it. It just, the first time I heard it, it, it really, I felt like new pathways in my brain had just branched off and I just got flooded with like serotonin and, and it really, it massages my brain, that part of the track. Mm. And from then, from then it like, it, I used to pretty much exclusively listen to like heavy music growing up. Like I was quite a snob about it. Like me and my friends were like the metal guys and like everything else is shit. And like, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and then I heard this and it was like, okay, well that I was wrong. And I need to like <laughs> listen to everything now because it just completely opened up and the drums, that rhythm, it just, it's so hard to describe. Like it just makes so much sense. I mean, Radiohead are uh, uh, just phenomenal. Like the, the originality, creativity, authenticity. Um, they're one of my favorite bands by far. And, and I think 
I'm always really amazed by what they do. Like just the the the, the intelligence behind things. Yeah, and the, the the percussion on this track was one one big thing that influenced me. So, I mean, I I remember this period was I think it was 2000 was it 2007 this came out. It was first year of university, so that's when I met uh, Joe the Singer and I met Gus in the second year. Uh, but we started the band in the second year. And this album was like hugely influential for us as a band. Like we, it, it, we really, we listened to it a lot. And and this track in particular influenced uh, my beat for uh, something good on our first album. Mm. It's it's similar, but it influenced me to to try to try to play in a different way and like use percussion more. And I use an egg shaker at the, when we wrote it. I just used an egg shaker and a kick drum and a snare drum. And it's and it's got that kind of like style to it. I think it's hard to describe, but it's very swingy and kind of um, kind of fluid and 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 it's not so like rigid and it just. I really wanted to try to play like that, and I think a lot of his his playing is is very. Um, it's so hard to describe, but it just it's it's purposeful and and, and it it. it, it it helps the track massively, but it's also like very unique and creative. And like I, like I said earlier, like that, that simplicity, but also it backing up everything else. It's his own voice. Like it's a, that that beat is a hook. Like mm-hmm. that is the song to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it changes now and again. Like halfway through, he seamlessly like kind of blends into a similar beat. And and it just it's beautiful. It just the whole track just it it revolves around you and and you become like part of it. And it just I don't quite know what he's saying, but I like I like to think I know what he's saying. I make it up in my mind. And like I said, the mix is unbelievable and it's very very important to me. That whole album, like but that track in particular, it, it I can feel myself feeling better. Like it just I have goosebumps. Um. He's such a smart drummer. Like he, mm. he really is incredibly smart, and um, again, very mysterious. Like I don't know a great deal about him or like his approach to things, but I quite like. I quite like that there are guys like that who were just like he. He's a would you call it? Um, he's just like a work. I don't know. Like he just works at playing in a way that is like he's not fancy about it. He's not a celebrity. Like he's not trying to like his ego doesn't get in the way of it. And he, he's a true artist. Like all, all of the, those guys in that band are. And I respect that a lot. Um, yeah. I don't want to say he's underrated because I think if you mention his name to any drummer that is like, gives a shit, they're like, Oh no, he's of course. But yeah, he is underrated in like the, the zeitgeist of, of music. He's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I, I know what you mean. Like, I think there's a lot of like, there are drummers who are known and by like the general public and, you know, that kind of thing. And he, and I think a lot of people like Colin, Colin Greenwood, the bass player is one of the best bass players I've heard. Like mm-hmm. stuff that he does, like it just, that's why I love the band so much is because it just, they're all so talented. It, it's it's insane that they all got together and, and, and they, they create the same thing together because they're all so good. It just, it really, I'm so grateful that they do what they do. 
how do you feel? <laughs> no, don't know how to word this. I guarantee Phil has listened and appreciated Alt J's music. Um, knowing that, how does that make you feel? That's, I mean, that's a very, I've never thought about that before, really. Um, I, I mean, I, I, it has happened where I've had people who I respect a lot tell me that they respect me and they like what I do. And it's very hard to to take, really. I don't really know what to, to do with it. it. It kind of, it means something. It means a lot. Um, but it also, maybe there's like a defense mechanism that, that, that I have where it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to see them in any, in a different way. So I don't want them to be like normal and like, just like me. And like, I want them to be this mythical thing. And that's why I think, you know, there's certain people that I, I admire so much that if I was to meet, it might be a bit much. And, and I think it would slightly ruin it. I know exactly but, what you mean. But it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought to think that somebody like him has heard heard us and and maybe appreciated it. It's a quite it's a quite a nice thing to like. It's a bonus in life, you know. Which I'm, there's a lot of bonuses that come with doing what I do, but it, it is a nice little thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go to number four. I could talk about Phil all day, but the album is "We're New Here." The release year is 2011. The artist is Jamie XX. Song choice is running, and the drummer, Jamie XX. So I'm not familiar with this with this project um, and or artist. So I'm excited. Because I always feel like running, not away. Because there's no such place. Because if there was, I would have found it by now. Because it's easier to run, easier than staying and finding out you're the only one who didn't run. I mean, he's not a, a traditional drummer, you know, he doesn't, as far as I'm aware, actually, no, he does play percussion on stage, I think, um, but he's a, he's a member of the XX. Have you heard of the XX? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So he produces, I think he, he's the main producer of the band mm. uh, and he does, you know, all the, the drums and that kind of thing. And he's had, he has his own uh, stuff, which is this, like, um, I, so I think the audio is taken from Gil Scott Heron, like here, there was like archives of him like reading poetry or something, and he put it to 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 music and made a whole album out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I this beat, 
it's just it's just so cool like it just it just it just feels good you know it, there's something quite i think primal about it the groove like you can't help but just like move to it which is really powerful the way that the drums are like the way they sound like each kick like has like an almost different sound to it there's like air at the end of it i don't know how he's done it like if it's a mix of different things or i love the sound of that like air um yeah it, and the, the, the simple hi-hat it's really really cool it influenced me a lot i mean so much so that the the track on our first album blood flood is it's just that beat i've just copied that beat oh really <laughs> Yeah, the beginning. There's like an intro. It's a doon 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 goon cat. It's just that's just it. <laughs> so I can completely I wonder if he knows that. I don't know. I wonder if he's heard it before and been like, wait. It's one of my favorites to play live, this track. It varies a lot. Exact beat. Do you remember what that backbeat was? What you mean? How do I play it? Yeah, yeah. What's what's so sonically? What's that sound? Because it sounds like a like a trash can with stuff on top, plus a snare, plus it flammed. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I remember using a lot of very old drums. Like we had a a, um, a very old Ludwig mm. kit, um, but I don't remember specifically. No. Is that that Thomas snare on that record for the most part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my God. Yeah. I, I, I'm proud of. It. I love playing that live. Like it just because it varies so much that track, and there's some really nice grooves to it. And when it when the main like beat comes in, the audience like you can see them all just nodding their head at the same time. And I love that. I love that. All right, number five. The album is Zero. Release year is 2013. The artist is Aphex Twin. The song choice is Product 29 in bars 101, and the drummer is a bunch of buttons it's apex twin
Yeah, this album is, I'm obsessed with it right now. I, I, I li- I've been listening to it a lot on tour. It's a really nice album, nice like headphones that have got a lot of low end in them. Mm. It feels physically really nice. And our um, monitor engineer, Benny, he not really listened to FX Twin that much. And I, I kind of was like, just on this flight, you should just listen to this album. And it, I think he was kind of blown away by it because of, I mean, he's more of an engineer, that kind of like mind. And he's really fascinated with the production. And like the, he said that the reverb is really interesting. And since he said that, I've been list, I've been trying to kind of focus in on it. But he's right. This, the reverb kind of is is really really important on this on this whole album. So yeah, I think sonically, it's just so it's so interesting to listen to. You can't predict where it's going. It sounds very fun and experimental. But there's a lot of like consistencies throughout the album too. Like it, it makes a lot of sense. I think that's one thing that puts a lot of people off. And artists like Apex Twin is that you, th- it's to a lot of people it might sound a bit chaotic and a little bit, a little bit much. And and I think once you like let go and you let kind of let it wash over you a bit, it's a really, for me, it's a really profound experience. And I really love, lo- I really love getting lost in it like visually if you if you like listen to an album like this and you close your eyes it just stimulates so much visual and the way like you said like the kick drum has so much character the snare has so much character the way that the hi-hats kind of just do their own thing and you you can't you can't quite tell where they're going this they just like i often listen to music when if i have time i like to just lay down and and close my eyes and just listen to music. And if I'm lucky, you can kind of get in, into this like in between awake sleep mm. state. And you kind of like, I have immense clarity in that state of mind on all kinds of things. And sometimes like things will come to my mind and because I'm like awake enough to like have like real perspective on it. I think the kind of like nonsense of the dream, but I have the reality to kind of like process it. That's interesting. I love that. Yeah. I wonder if there's a word for that state of mind, but um, I was listening to this album and I had just this immense feeling of feeling like I was understood. It, it was a weird sensation of, of feeling like this music is, is speaking to me and, and I'm being heard. And it was just quite an abstract feeling, but it just made a lot of sense. And it's quite, yeah. And, and I think... As a drummer, it's it's hugely influential in a way that just it just encourages me just to do what I want to do and like do what feels good because I don't like I, like I said earlier I don't know a great deal about a fixed twin I got I don't know his process at all I think anyone um, does <laughs> no and that's the beauty of it um, but Benny and I like we've talked about it a little bit and you know I wonder like with this album for instance like. He uses a lot of the same instruments and sonically it sounds, it's consistent. And I wonder if you just made this like wall of sound and he chopped it up and put it into tracks. I, I don't really know, but I, I, what I, one thing that I take from Apex Twitter is just that be like, just, just speak t- to people in a way that you are, are being yourself and like authenticity is, is so important in in creativity and, and and the art that you make because that's what people relate to i think you know people deep down like what i really love about art music like whatever medium it is is the fact that somebody has decided that they are 
sending me a message and they want they want to be heard as a human being and and this is what i mean that's what apex twin gives to me is just this otherworldly like very very creative smart um authentic person that i get to experience i get to experience a little bit of his mind through this music and i try to play like in a way that's that comes from that just just do what feels good like it's very very hard sometimes to 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 play like i think as as people get older like just to play around and like do what feels good it's difficult is and you know and i playing drums you it's very easy to just do what what feels comfortable or like do what you think is expected and and i constantly try to remind myself that that the only way you're going to get something truly unique and original is if you if you risks if you take risks um and i try to do that and i'm very very fortunate that i get to you know that that i'm in a position where that's what i need to do like i think my bandmates uh are encouraging and we encourage each other in that way it's just like if you want to do that then just do it and and i guarantee that it will sound good because you're you're just being yourself and you're because if you if you're contrived and you're and you're trying to impress people and you're trying to do things that you think that you think um people want to hear then pe- people can hear that the same in all kinds of like like painting whatever it's like acting like I, I really love watching actors and and you can tell when an actor is is just is using is being themselves and you know nobody wants to see somebody pretending to be sad you want to see somebody like really experiencing an emotion because then the, the mirror neurons in your brain experience what they're experiencing and and if there's a wall between that it doesn't work so yeah i think apex twin is influences me in that way endlessly there's so much music as well like he's he's, he's got so many different projects he's got so many different names and and mm-hmm. he's, just he's like a trove of like oh, i never even knew that he he made that but yeah but this album feels very contemporary as well it's it's um his older stuff sonically is a little bit there's less kind of depth to it for me anyway mm-hmm. and i really like this album just because of a lot of depth uh good bass, like good, good, just all around really. Well, I think that's a great place to, to book on the conversation. And I will end with, um, I think you especially, but all your bandmates and all Jay, um, I think you guys have reached that, that level of authenticity. I mean, you are a very singular player. Um, I never know where you're going to take a song. Um, and no one sounds like you, man. So you've like, you, you've done it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That means that means a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, I will I will let you go, man. I know you're hours ahead of me in time zone, so I'll let you have a nice, relaxing night. But uh, but Tom, honestly, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it was really fun, dude. A lot of great insight. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I, this is an absolute pleasure. Like I I I, uh, I love doing this kind of thing, and um, it's a great podcast. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a great thing to do. So thank you. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon, dude. Uh, be well and have a good rest of the night, man. Nice. Thank you. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show so it'll get bigger and better and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But You'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. 
Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at bigfatsnaredrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing. So go check that out at isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.